I do, I really do enjoy preaching the Word of God. Amen. I've been preaching since I was 16 years of age, and um, for the last 18 years, been traveling all over the United States and Canada, some foreign countries, preaching the Word of God. It's an honor, it's a privilege of being able to be with you. And let me say this about fasting. Fasting, a lot of people praise, um, but they don't, they have never fasted. And if you have never fasted, that may be, now I'm just saying, it may be the reason why you, you can't get victory over certain strongholds and certain devils in your life. Because Jesus said himself, of this kind only you can, you can uh, get victory over with fasting, prayer and fasting. And so try it sometimes. It will work, I guarantee you. Well, let me call your attention this morning to the book of John, John chapter 17. John chapter 17 is the real Lord's Prayer. I was telling the pastor, uh, I think last night, that uh, I am adding to this sermon. Uh, sometimes I'll, I'll it will take a year for me to go through, go through a sermon. I, it's just uh, God adds. Sometimes he'll add 38 one sermon. I preached one night the next morning. He added 38 more pages to it. And then the next day he added 18 more pages to it. And uh, so I, I never, I never, seem like I never finish a message anymore, uh, but um, I enjoy the Word of God. I really do. I enjoy preaching it, teaching it, studying it, and, and living it. Amen. Uh, John chapter 17, if you'll stand with me for the reading of the Word of God, verse 9 down to verse 24. And I always say, if you will smile at me, uh, I'll get done quicker. Uh, but if you don't smile, I'm going to preach until you smile. And uh, that will be forever with some Baptists. Amen. And so John 17, verse 9, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. Amen. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, and these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, the only time it's in the Bible. Keep through thy own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost but a son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world have hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, that, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. 
And I say, Amen. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sake I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me, on me through their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Father, I am so thankful for the reading of your word, the freedom we have in America. I thank you for it. And Lord, for all the young men and the young ladies that have given their lives and may even be given their lives at this very minute as I talk to you, Lord, I thank you for them. And Lord, I pray that you'll give them strength as they are fighting for this country and fighting for me and, and away from their families today. And then, Lord, I pray that I can be a blessing to this church again. Lord, I just want to be a blessing. I want to be very loving and want to be very tender and I want to be very sensitive to the needs of this dear ministry and to these visitors that are sitting before me. And Lord, if I, if I can't, help me to just be quiet. Sit down, allow pastor to come and do the preaching. And then, Lord, I ask you to, I know you will, I know you're going to speak to the lost today. I just pray they'll listen. I just pray they'll give their life to you today if they're here lost. And, Lord, again, thank you for for this privilege and this honor to be able to stand where a great man of God stands every Sunday and every Wednesday. Lord, thank you for this honor. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Here in this prayer, Jesus gives us an excellent model for us to follow when we pray for the church. What our Savior desires is for the church uh, is summarized in this prayer. I want you to look in John 17 and verse 22 at the first point. Jesus is praying that, that the church, that the people of the church would sense the glory of God. I have just finished a new, new book some months ago on the consciousness of God, on practicing the presence of God, being aware of God's presence all the time. Uh, because the Bible says 
1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, that he lives inside of us. That will change your life if you'll get a hold that he is inside of you. He's not floating around in the heavenlies. He doesn't live in this building. He does no, no, no. He lives within your temple, which is your body. And uh, that is the New Testament teaching. It will change the way that you talk to people. It will change the way that you, uh, things that you look at, things that you listen to. It will just change your entire life when you realize, oh my goodness, God is listening to me. You'll, you'll quit talking so rudely at that, that very moment. Uh, uh, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, God is, oh my, he is seeing what I'm seeing, and this is not glorifying God. And so in this prayer, Jesus is praying this, look at verse 22, and the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them. And the word glory in the Greek means, means this, the visible manifestation of the splendor and the power and the radiance of God. So our Savior desires the church to continually feel and sense the splendor and the power and the radiance of God in their midst. And then you will really worship him if you realize that in your heart, in your soul. The psalmist David in Psalm 16, 11 said, uh, it, In thy presence, in thy presence, in your awareness is the fullness of joy. Amen. And so many believers, they arrive at church in a church service preoccupied by their problems or focused on what they can get from the service instead of what they can give to it. Many people come so bothered. They come so unfocused. And then they kind of say, Okay, God, bless me if you think you can. But we need to come focus upon him, being aware of his glory. Amen. We, that's the way we need to come. We don't need to come all preoccupied with the cares of the world and the cares of the family and all that stuff. You need to come into the house of God every time we need. Let me say it like that. We need, I need uh, to come into this place. I need to stand in the pulpit recognizing the presence of God in my, in, in my preaching and in your worship and in my worship. Uh, uh, but when the believers focus upon God and not the things of the world and give him glory, he comes and makes the church a place of power, Colossians 3 and verse 2. When the church really worships, when the people really seeks to please God, and have fellowship with him and other believers, Colossians 3, 1, that's when, that's when God gets the glory. Amen? Uh, not when we just come in and go through the motions. Uh, anyone can do that. Uh, but, but, we, but God desires for Brother Beckham and for you to come into this place recognizing him, wanting to worship him because we love him. Amen? Amen? 
Number two, um, the second desire is that we would follow the Word of God. That we would follow the Word of God. Uh, Jesus also prayed this in verse 8 of John 17. If you'll look there with me. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me. When the disciples received the words of Jesus, it gave their lives meaning and motivation, and it gave their, their life a mission. And that's what Jesus desires for his disciples then, and that's what he desires for us today. Amen. And so when the people in a church continually studies and learning the Word of God, they begin to grow and they begin to mature and they begin to change and not, not the devil or the demons of hell or, or any of that kind of stuff. No stronghold can hold back a church that is recognizing the presence of God and recognizing the Word of God in their lives. Nothing can stop a church like that. Amen. And that's what this church is. And it is such an honor to be able to stand in front of a Bible believing church, a church that honors and worships God, not just on Sunday, but I can tell you do it during the week also. Amen. You live what you profess. And I love to preach to people like that. There is no other book greater than this book. I love books. My wife can tell you I, I, I read all the time. I have over 6,000 volumes in my library back home. I, I, I just love commentaries. I love history on the Bible. I, I, just, I just love books. But there is not a book in my library that I love any more than this one right here. Everywhere I go, people gives me Bibles. I have 44 personal Bibles. I don't need any more. I don't need any more. I have plenty, okay? I have red ones, brown ones, black ones. I have all, all kind of colors. Most of them are black. But one preacher by the name of Dr. Green, Don Green, he's 90 years old, pastored one church for 60 years, and he prints Bibles and every time I would go and preach a revival for him, he would give me a Bible. I said, Dr. Green, you gave me a Bible last year. Well, I want to give you another one. And he said, let me have it here. And he would sign the Bible. And he said, here, Brother Beckham, take this Bible. Uh, and, and next year he would say, hey, Brother Beckham, I want to give you a Bible. And he would give me another Bible. So I got Bibles running out of my ears. Amen. And so, but that doesn't mean that I love God because I have 42 Bibles. Amen. You can have a train load, a house load, but, and not love God. Amen. But God's desire is that we love this book. We study this book. We read this book. We memorize this book. Amen. That's what the desire of God in his heart for you and for me. And so I was, I, I'm reading, I'm, I, I found a, I, Brother Mike, I, I found, Brother Williams, I'm sorry. I, I found, I found, I found a book in the bookstore here in Memphis. Oh, my soul, I was in hog heaven. 
uh, I found this book by uh, Dr. Uh, Robert G. Lee. He pastored here for many, many years. Um, one of the greatest southern preachers that has ever lived, has ever graced the pulpit, preached to thousands of people. Uh, uh, and, and, and I found his book on, on his sayings and on his life and pictures. And, uh, and because I have used this part of, part of one of his sermons for years, and when I found that book, no, you can't have it. And, uh, but I'll let you look at it from a distance. I have learned to just let preachers look at things from a distance. If you want to get rid of a book, loan it to a preacher. Amen. He, he, won't, he won't give it back, I'm telling you. I've lost, I've lost many of them like that. Uh, but I love preachers. Amen. And, uh, but the Bible is wonderful. Amen. Dr. G describes the Bible in this way. He said, the Bible is likened unto a sword, Ephesians 6, 17, and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Uh, he said, it's like a sword. When the devil comes your way, just, I'm going to use uh, a Georgia term here, just whack him. <laughs> Amen? Just whack him. Just whack him good with the Bible and he'll flee from you. He said the Bible is likened unto water for our cleansing. Christ gave himself for the church that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word which I have spoken unto you, John 15, 5. So the Bible, if you get a little dirty out there in the world, what you need to do, you need to take a bath with the word of God. Every day, uh, Brother Beckham gets up and I take a bath for my physical body. And then all day long, I walk with my father and I have his love letter with me. I have his sword with me and, and, and I have the washed up with me. And I just let it wash me all day long. Amen. Because a dirty vessel cannot be used of the Lord. We, have, we got to be clean. And then he says the Bible is for our sanctifying. John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Now, if you really want to be holy, I'm not talking about preferences. I'm not talking about all these all this stuff that man makes up. Uh, this is the standards, amen? And, uh, uh, and, and let me say that again. I'm not talking about a bunch of man-made rules and preferences, but I'm talking about the Word of God. And, and this book right here will keep you holy. If you'll just, just read it and just let it wash you and sanctify you and set you apart, this book will do that. Amen, and, uh, and you'll, you'll have a much joyful life too, trying to live up to the standards of some people, I'm telling you. But let me tell you, the Holy Ghost that lives inside of me helps, helps me to keep these standards. Amen. Uh, not my flesh, but my, my, my dear Holy Ghost that lives inside of me sanctifies me every day if I use the book correctly. And then the Bible is honey for our delight in Psalms 19.10. More to be desired as they than gold. Yea, 
than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Um, now, I'm leaving in the morning, so that's, uh, don't bring me a bunch of honey tonight. Every time I preach on this, people will bring me jars of honey with honeycomb in it. I love it. I love to put my finger down in it and, 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 and just put it, you know, Georgia boy, just a Georgia boy. I just love to put my finger down in that stuff and bring up the comb and put it in and chew the wax and that honey go, you know, it's just wonderful. It's heaven on earth. Amen. And so the Bible says here that 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 uh, the Bible says that that honey is like that. The word of God is like honey. It is so rich. It is so good. Amen. I have I have read the word of God and I and I would I would get I would just get so joyful just like that honey floating down through my throat. Oh, think about it right now. It won't stop. Amen. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Have you ever tried it? Don't knock it. Don't knock it unless you try it. Amen. It's wonderful. And uh, and so, um, but please don't bring any. Uh, it, that, that's, that, that's, that's about to kill me to tell you not to bring some because I'm just thinking about it. I, I, I'm getting in the flesh right now. I'm messing up because I'm thinking about honey and not this. But... Uh, but let me get back on. And let me read this verse again. Maybe I'll get off the real. Uh, more to be desired are they than gold. Mm. Yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. I have a preacher friend that walks around kissing the Bible during his preaching. I guess I need to walk around doing this. <laughs> Honeycomb, you know. And just honeycomb. It, it, it's wonderful. I'll get off of that, okay? Uh, uh, the Bible is gospel seed for our sowing. Luke 18, verse 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Uh, don't, we, don't we have a wonderful seed that we just go out in the world and we, we plant it. We just throw it around, don't we? And we see souls come. And, and I know you have seen souls walk these aisles many, many times. And, and they get saved because the seed had been planted. Amen. And, and keep that up. Keep that up. And you'll, 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 uh, eventually these pews will be filled and the choir will be filled. You may even have to put chairs in the foyer and put chairs all out in the front foyer and put chairs in all the Sunday school room to, to house the people. Just keep throwing the seed out there, which is the word of God. And then the Bible is gold for our enrichment. I don't have much on this earth, but I sure have a lot right here. Amen. This is this is this is a gold mine in itself. Amen. It's a silver mine. It, it is a rich book. Amen. And, and 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 because I have the rich book, that makes me a rich man. Praise the Lord. And, and then uh, the Bible is milk for our nourishment. Now, I, I can't stand milk, but I love this milk. Amen. Uh, mother said when I was a baby, she would try to feed me, and I would just spit up. I, just, I, I, could, not, I could not tolerate milk. So she had to get a goat and milk the goat to give me goat milk. 
figure. I don't know. And, uh, but I don't even like goat milk today. I don't like cow milk, goat milk, or any other kind of milk. Amen. If it's white, I don't like it. I just don't like it. White stuff, you just mess up your food with that white stuff. You get those salads, and, and I just learned how to eat a salad a couple years ago, right, babe? A couple years ago. And, um, yeah, she's my wife. I can call her, babe. And, and so I, uh, you know, and, and I see them bring these pretty green salads out, and all of a sudden I'm watching them pour that white stuff all over. And I'm sitting there saying, ooh. But I'm, this right here, this is good stuff. I drank it every day. Amen. And I, I, I love this. And it's for, for my nourishment. And then the my Bible is meat for our strengthening in Hebrews 5, 14. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even though... Who, who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now, we, got, we, we have a lot of people sitting in churches that's still on the milk bottle. You need to get off the milk bottle and get on the meat of the Word. Amen? And uh, sometimes a preacher will feed somebody a little bit of meat, and they'll sit out there and choke spiritually and... And they have to pull out the milk bottle and go down there. Uh, someone been saved 40 years, and here you go, a little bit of milk. Can't handle that meat, can you? Well, take the bottle. Huh? Yeah. Got a lot of people like that in churches. But if you've been saved very long, uh, drink your milk for a little while. But get on the meat. It's good. It's tender. It's not tough. You can cut it with a fork. Amen. Uh, someone took me to a, a place the other day, and um, they're in Elgin, Illinois, and we went to this restaurant, and they brought that preacher out. They brought him a pork chop. That thing was that big. It was as big. It was as big as the plate. And, and I thought, well, he's going to need a knife. And I was, I was getting ready to ask for knives and and uh, there was a knife on the table, but he didn't use the knife. You know what he did? He took his fork and just cut that pork chop all to pieces. It was tender. Same way. Just as tender, tender, and it just helps you so much to just eat the word, the meat of the word of God. And then, uh, look in Jeremiah. I'm almost done. You've been, doing, you've been smiling well, okay? And in Jeremiah 23, 29, this is a little negative, but, but the Bible is a hammer also. A blacksmith's hammer is to break down under conviction of sin. It's a carpenter's hammer to build, to build us up in a most holy faith. Amen? Did you hear that? It's a blacksmith's hammer to break us down under conviction of sin. It's a carpenter's hammer to build us up in a most holy faith. Jeremiah 23, 29. It is not by word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock to pieces. Hey, let me tell you something. When God takes the hammer to you, it's for your good. 
1998, God took his hammer to me. Met my wife when I was 12. She was 11. And uh, we were married 30, almost 32 years. But in 1998, the hammer came out. God began to break me to pieces. And for two and a half years, I watched a very intelligent, strong lady that loved God just wither away to nothing. The hammer. The hammer. And somebody said, but Brother Beckham, God didn't like you. God was mean to you. No, no, no. No, 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 no. It was through that that God gave me this ministry and made me the man that I am today. I was not the man back then that I am today. It was the hammer of God's in his hand, hammering, breaking me apart. And then as, as he beat me into a fine powder, he, he, he started making that beat it up in fine powder in my life. And then he took the water, the word, and, and he started, put me on the wheel again, and he just started making me all over again. Amen? Yeah. I thank God for all of those things that the Word of God is. Amen. I really do. But I believe that I like the hammer the most. You know why? Because when I make a mistake, he's able, he's willing to take that hammer and just knock the rough edges off. I need that every day. I don't know about you. You may have already reached perfection. I don't know. Not down here you haven't. Only up there, one day, you're going to be like him. But folks, listen. Those are just a couple of the desires that God has for the church. And um, I, I just feel like I need to stop. Uh, sometimes I preach three or four minutes, give the invitation. I do it quite often. Sometimes I'll preach 30 minutes. Sometimes I preach whatever God tells me to do. That's what I do in that particular church. And then this morning God says, okay, that's enough. There's about three more points to this message. Sometimes I preach them, sometimes I don't. The clock has nothing to do with it. The Holy Ghost says it's time to give the invitation. And there may be someone here this morning, and you needed, you might needed the first part. You're just not recognizing him like you should. You may need the second part. You're just not recognizing the Bible and letting the Bible be all of those things to you. But whatever, whatever your case may be, the altar is going is open for you to come, visitors and all. And, and, and let me say this. If you're here this morning and you're lost, you don't know my Lord. You don't know his love. You don't know his grace and all those things about him. Would you come this morning and let someone take the Bible and introduce you to the Lord Jesus? Be the greatest day in your life.
the greatest day. The greatest day in Benny Beckham's life was when I was 16 years old, sitting on the front row of Central Baptist Church in Brunswick, Georgia, and the Holy Ghost said, Benny Beckham, you're going to go to hell if you die today. Would you come to my, would you come? And the Holy Ghost convicted me, and I came to the altar, and I cried out to the Lord to save me. And I'm so glad I did. How about you? Are you here in that condition? If so, let's stand. And um, as our pianist comes, you may want to come and pray. But folks are down here.